I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Joshua, what's going on, buddy? Oh, uh, Will, the end, of, the end of an era, the end of the season. I'm mm. um, excited for you and Alex to bring back your show as Crazy Pitch Asians. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna be That's a good one. Good. I'm stealing that for our baseball show. <laughs> you yeah. like that one? It's better than uh, reunion back. Um, yeah. Hello and welcome to the season finale of the Raptors over everything live call-in show presented by KFC. I'm your host Wayne Lou. Joining me as always, fellow co-host Josh Hart. Uh, it's been uh, one full weekend since the Raptors have been eliminated from the playoffs in Game Seven by the Boston Celtics. Uh, Josh, how are you feeling? I know, obviously, it was probably raw on Friday night, but um, maybe after a nice sunny weekend, your mood has changed, hopefully. Yeah, I think I think the thing that we all are taking away is the tremendous pride in this two-year run of the Raptors uh, winning the title, and then I think equally as impressive a title defense without a top three player on the planet. Um, they went out like champions, this is the first time in a decade that I didn't feel salty at the end of a unsuccessful Raptors playoff run. Um, they went out swinging and, you know, got all credit to the Boston Celtics and their litany of uh, first round top draft picks and them moving forward. They played a hell of a series. The Raptors played a hell of a series and, uh, you know, didn't work out this time. Yeah, it was uh... – how are you feeling? I, I don't know. I'm still feeling a little bit – I don't think it's easy to get over that game seven just because it was – eminently winnable in looking back i don't know yeah. how they were even in the game because i didn't think a single raptor played well nobody played above their capabilities maybe matt thomas came in for that one three and he made it and i was like wow all right shooting 100 percent. that's uh, marginally better than 99.8 but um no it just felt like that even though the raptors you know didn't have anybody play well the game was still right there and there was those costly mistakes throughout the game but especially at the very end of the game it's just hard not to look at something like that where, you know, when the Celtics don't score for the final five minutes, not a single basket for the yeah. final five minutes of the game, um, you got to do a little bit better to uh, close that gap. But honestly, they were just out of, they were out of gas. And I do agree with you. They did go out like champions. They went down swinging. And I do, I do feel an incredible amount of pride for the team. Um, you know, it, it's really abrupt, I think. That's the thing that's also hard to get over. It's just that we were so inundated. In, in the Raptors, it's, you know, me especially, but um, now it's all gone. So I have like 75% of my life back. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get into the Jays. All right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Crazy pitch right. agents. Um, as always, you can call in for yourself at 289-778-0918. But uh, to begin the show today, we have um, Kazim Femiyude, someone that I look up to tremendously. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the end of the season, as well as um, speculate about one of the biggest potential transactions that the Raptors have to look forward to. Kaz, welcome to the show. 
Hey, welcome. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the intro. How you guys doing? I know it's been a rough weekend for you guys, but welcome to Misery as a Knicks fan. Welcome. Yeah, I was going to say, man, we we got to put it in perspective here. All right? we're, we're talking to a Knicks fan. Yeah, here. please. Please. A, a diehard. I just want to say, uh-huh. I just want to say, I would gladly trade your past two years uh, as a, of Raptor fandom for any like literally I'll, I'll maybe like give me half of that success that you've had in the past two years for my knicks uh you guys are, are, are coming off an incredible run and you should be really proud of your team man it was, it was an awesome it was an awesome way to roll yeah it's been an incredible stretch of success and winning but it never it never feels good to lose especially to the stupid boston celtics yeah. Um, with their team full of guys that I can't help but cheer for, but when piled together, I just I hate it. Like I well, I love I love Jalen Brown, I love Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, even I really like Kemba Walker. I'm so yeah, excited I mean, you're, for you're him to, to a, play You're talking to a born and bred New Yorker, and I'm just like, man, I, I even I'm kind of rooting for these guys. You know what I mean? Like they're young, they're fun. They're not like the annoying like Boston Celtics of like my teenage years of like like the Paul Pierce led Kevin Garnett like incredibly agitatingly annoying but like very talented team like mm. this is a very different Celtics team you know like you like how do you not like watching Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and even Kemba you know Bronx New York I mean that that's that's how that's how sad it's gotten for me as a Knicks fan I'm I'm, I'm claiming Kemba's. Uh, championship <laughs> if he gets it as a win for New York City if they, if they go all the way. Listen, speaking of uh, point guards that, uh, you know, have turned down New York, um, you know, there's links, reports out there. That, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I, I hate doing that to you. Uh, but you're a Knicks fan. I'm sure you get it a lot. Oh, it hurts. It hurts every time. It never gets old. Uh, you know, speaking <laughs> of the, the point guard situation, I mean, the Knicks obviously have had a hole at point guard. I don't even remember for how long, I guess, since like the 90s, I guess. Um yeah, Fred Van Vliet's on the market. I know there's been a lot of, I guess, I don't know, it's not like major links, not from like Shams or like from, you know, Woj, these kind of guys, but there's been talk, you know, the Knicks have some cap room. They got some, they got some money. Uh, what do you think about the Knicks getting Fred? I mean, personally for you, like, w- would you be down for something like that? Obviously, it would come at a pretty high cost, but I mean, we all know here, Fred's a baller. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll say it. Again, I know I've tweeted it a lot, but I feel like the New York Knicks need to back up the Brinks truck for Fred Van Vliet because he's exactly the type of point guard you need, man. Like, very low maintenance. You know what I'm saying? They call him Steady Freddy for a reason. And, like, the New York Knicks, if there's everybody who has talked about how terrible the Knicks are, isn't because of their lack of uh, organizational leadership or because they can't necessarily, like, land that, like, franchise-shaving superstars because there's no culture there. You know, like, there's no... There's no true basketball culture in New York. Like, there's the only thing that they did that we've got to hang our hat on is, like, you know, we had a couple of seasons when Melo was really good, Lynn Sanity, and the 90s. That's really it. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, but you look at a guy like Fred Van Vliet, and it's such a hand-in-glove fit for New York City because he just seems like a cultural changer. Like, no, he's not a superstar, but, like, that's not what's going to make the New York Knicks change. Like, that's not what's going to, you know, turn around that sort of franchise. You need steady production from the most important position in basketball. And, you know, there hasn't been that many people as steady as as, as Fred Van Vliet. So do you got to overpay for a guy like that? Absolutely. I mean, like, it's not like you're going to overpay for a dude who you're expecting to 
you know, become a franchise player. And, like, it's not like you, you got a guy like Kevin Durant on the market, right, for example. Mm. You can't ever overpay for him. You're almost underpaying for him because what he brings to your market, you, you can't put a dollar sign on. But with Fred Van Bleet, you know what I'm saying, like, there's definitely sort of situations that cause for um, – that, that cause for, for, for certain – changes within a culture within an organization and if you got to pay a guy nine figures to make that change happen for the next five or six years hopefully you pay that price you know like you have to understand nobody is taking that money you know like nobody like you, yeah. you, you had every single chance at every single available superstar free agent last year and everyone said no so you're not going to get that Giannis, KD, LeBron type of talent in New York City, you overpay for a guy for advantage. You hope he's everything that he was for Toronto. And you start to build out this young roster, guys, where, you know, you, you see that, you know, and, and on top of that, Fred Van Vliet deserves to get paid. Oh, man. 100%. Like, he's one of the most yeah. in the league. Yeah, he earned that. What's up? No, I was going to say, absolutely, man. Fred earned that. But let me ask you, though, as, as a seasoned Knicks fan, do you think it's more likely that they sign a young, up-and-coming point guard like Fred Van Vliet, who has all the intangibles, or do you think they give up too many assets to get Chris Paul? What's more likely? As a- I mean, I'm hoping <laughs> that – well, <laughs> I love Chris Paul, and I think he's, he's uh, definitely uh, – he's also another culture changer. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's what you got to sign for when you're in New York Knicks. Those are the guys you got to look for. you got to look for people that's going to – take your team basketball serious. You know what I mean? Like, we know you're serious about making money. We know you're serious about selling out the garden and getting big names. But to take your team basketball serious, you need to be guys like that. But I do think it's more likely that you throw the money at uh, Fred Van Vliet and, uh, and, and make that happen. Because just, you know, age, um, you know, Chris Paul, as good as he is, you know what I mean? He's definitely on the other side of 30. And um, I honestly think he has a lot of uh, uh, deep roots in Oklahoma City, you know what I mean? Like, even besides from this season, you know, remember back in the day when I want to say uh, New Orleans couldn't really play games where they were supposed to. Like, yep. he, he, before the Thunder became a franchise, Chris Paul was probably the most important uh, player in, in Oklahoma City for a long time. So I, I don't really see them uh, flipping him away anytime soon. I, I think he's also, uh, you know, uh, heightened his value during this playoff run. So, I mean, you don't want to give up so many assets to where the Knicks have a bare cupboard and you don't have anybody for the dude to even play with. You know what I mean? So, um, as much as I love Chris Paul and as much as, I, you know, I, that, that contract still kind of scares me. And I do believe, Fred, that the opportunity for Fred Van Bleet to earn that nine-figure max deal, um, I, I'd rather take that chance than try and take the chance on the Chris Paul on the other side of 30. I do like the idea of Fred Van Vliet going to New York City. I think if if the Raptors are afraid of the number, I can't think of a place that I would be more comfortable seeing him in than New York City because he deserves the opportunity to be the face of one of the biggest basketball franchises on the planet. Like, that is such an excellent next step in the Fred Van Vliet story. Of course, I'd be heartbroken to see him go. Um, but, like, the guy has an and one shoe deal. Like, how iconic would it be for him to be the um, – the face of the the Knicks. I do, however, wonder if there's an appropriate um, local hardware store for him to be a brand ambassador to. Fred Van Vliet's work with Canadian Tire this year has been inspiring. 
Wilkins. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there's a place like it, I, it's. It's not going to be Lowe's. It's not going to be uh, Home Depot. But Fred Van Vliet is a very important Raptor who's going to get paid in remarkable terms, no matter what. And I don't know. I was curious about what you, what uh, a real Knicks fan thought of the idea of bringing him there. And it seems like you and many others are excited to see it. Well, here's the thing. What, 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 what makes, oh, what makes sense for why people are so high on Fred Van Vliet is because, like, you know, as, as Toronto is, is very, uh, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They're a very engaging fan base. I feel like New York is – they're a smart fan base. Like, they understand why it makes sense to give Fred Van Fleet a ton of money because, you know, he'll, the plays that he'll, he'll get cheered for in New York, and granted, we don't know when the next time we'll be able to even have games in Madison Square Garden. But, like, you got to understand, this is a franchise that chanted Ankenil Aquina for, for taking two charges back-to-back. You know what I mean? Like, this is a franchise that chanted Bobby Portis in the beginning of the year. Oh, come on, man. Because, like, come he on, had man. a couple of, like, very heady, like, very yeah. important basketball plays. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a different atmosphere out there, man. Like, wow. and when you want to talk about a guy who has an opportunity to become, like, a superstar, I mean, like, I look at Fred Van Vliet the same way I look at a guy like Mark Jackson in his prime. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not like the superstar sort of, like, he's, he's almost like a hybrid of Mark Jackson acting like Tim Hardaway to where, you know, that's how New Yorkers play. I mean, like, that's yeah. how New York basketball is played. You know what I mean? It's guard-heavy. They're tough. You know what I mean? They, they, they play defense. Like, they, they don't back down. They hit tough shots. Like, he is so brilliant for this, this type of lifestyle. And granted, you know, the draft is still coming up, and, you know, there's, there's still opportunities to probably fill out that point guard position there. I mean, like, I still believe in Cole Anthony. I love the story of him being Greg Anthony's son and, and, and picking up that mantle as well. Um, I doubt LaMelo Ball felt, falls that far for the Knicks as well. But, I mean, I think Fred Van Vliet is it's, – it's, it's, such a, it's such an easy hand-in-glove type of fit where not only does he play well, he plays the type of basketball that other players would want to play with him. You know what I mean? So, like, I, as a Knicks fan, he is the type of guy that will absolutely – thousand percent ingratiate himself into this into this city man like he will run this city if he signed on the dotted line because we've seen it we've seen it every week man we see you know kevin durant having his thoughts about like not wanting to be the savior and not wanting to deal with all the extraness that comes with new york like we get that you know what i mean and now as the years go by there's even become more reverence for carmelo anthony because he took on the challenge of wanting to come to new york and wanting to fix it and wanting to be that guy I think Fred Van Vliet would be seen in the same sort of light if he took that deal and, and wants to take on the challenge of revitalizing the Knicks and, you know, starting that, that, that trend, you know what I mean, come bringing in the championship pedigree, bringing in, you know, uh, some of that culture that he helped bring to the Raptors with Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard. Like, it, it, it's so – it would be a, a, a massive success for the Knicks if they sign him. It, and, and I don't think there's a number that you could put on it that is too much – to get a guy that can do the things he can do for a team that desperately needs the things that he can do. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And if I'm James Dolan or Leon Rose or whoever's calling the shots over there nowadays, you back up the Brink truck, you, you hand him a blank check and say, name your price. Well, all right. Well, Kaz, thanks for, uh, for uh, reaching out. Uh, do you want to uh, plug your content and uh, we'll let you get off too? 
There's oh, yeah, absolutely. Please check out my podcast, Stay Less With Cavs and Low Key, uh, every Monday and Friday on, uh, you know, you, you can subscribe on YouTube.com slash Kazim. You can check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever. But uh, Stay Less With Cavs and Low Key, that's the podcast, man. And, guys, thank you so much for having me on this, man. I know it won't be a, it'll be a long time before I get to see some Knicks basketball, but this uh, this kind of warmed me up, so I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate All right. it. Thanks so much, Kaz. Appreciate you, man. No problem. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I hear all the arguments. Can't wait. But I, I yeah. can't wait for the Knicks to screw it up. Is, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, me That's too. That's the thing. If, if Knicks fans like, wanted, I, I, you, you know I Knicks they're going to do the opposite. <laughs> you know they're not going to deliver. You know, Knicks fans were like, we love Lynn Sanity, I, all right? We love Lynn Sanity. They're like, you love Lynn Sanity? Yeah. Okay, we're running it back with Raymond Felton. <laughs> By the way, I, I think yeah, I really appreciate Cav, and I like that. I'm, I appreciate that him calling in. I cannot wait to replay mm. this clip when Fred VanVleet signs uh, in Toronto I mean, again. You, but I, I do believe that of the teams that are interested, it's Phoenix, Detroit, mm. and the Knicks. The Knicks are the one that I would be, I'd be happy to see him go to because I, I think know, you know, I think that's like a cool. Because there's gonna be so much pressure, man. I, I mean, like it's one even even stars go to the Knicks. But Fred loves, but Fred loves Bro, the pressure. Fred loves to shoot forty percent, and people are gonna kill this man. <laughs> You you understand like you, you know that right like and and it's not me disliking Fred I love Fred man but like yeah. you know I just the fit is tough now the the Chris Paul thing um so uh, we we can move on to more comments and stuff like that I just want the last thing is just you know you know the Knicks have a strong tie in with uh, CAA one of the most powerful agencies yeah. in the world they just hired Leon Rose um from CAA yeah. and um, Chris Paul CAA agent. Just our client, just like uh, Tom Thibodeau was, the new head coach of the uh, New York Knicks. Um, I can see that happening, man. I can see that happening. I'm just saying. But it'll be heavy bidding, though. Maybe, I, honestly, because like, I, I can see Chris Paul being like the answer for a lot of franchises. Like, maybe, he is, maybe like, Milwaukee. If the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, Milwaukee, now that they have the desire to go up into the luxury tax to provide a contender, I think Chris Paul... For years, I've said, like, Chris Paul should be the point guard in Yeah, I agree. Uh, Milwaukee. Well, well, I don't know about that. I think, I think in New York. That's a guy where... What, the, the Frank Nilakina and Julius Randle to the Thunder? <laughs> that, that trade will be making me uh, so tight. No, listen. Fred, Fred, we got to keep Fred in Toronto, man. I know, I know like, look, we... we yeah. Obviously, we've seen him up close. It's always, like, grass is always greener. And I think if you're looking at the whole landscape, you might think, you know what, Fred... Um, you know, there might be there's you might overpay for Fred or anything like that. But at the same time, you, uh, you know, bringing on Kaz is a good a good example of just like how much other teams and other fan bases respect and you know appreciate Fred and how mu- how little some teams have. All right, when we're talking about like a Detroit or like a New York or even Phoenix, right? I, I, they they don't have a lot of options, so you know they they will yeah. pay for something like that. And I think for the Raptors, I think. You know, Fred is hugely important. You don't just develop the guy and let the talent walk away. So let's keep For Fred, sure. man. Let's let's get more, you know, ASMR, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Canadian Tire um, commercials. Peanut, peanut butter. Peanut butter. Anything, man. Anything, anything. for Fred. Uh, we have another caller. You can call yourself at 289-778-0918. Uh, Cashton from Toronto to discuss Pascal Siakam. Cashton, welcome to the Hey, show. how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm doing You're you yeah, sound good. a little peppy. I'm peppy. I'm fired up. I'll tell you why. Right. I I've had nice. I've spent a long weekend, you know, reading the timeline, people killing Pascal, 
I just want to describe to you very briefly a player uh, that I think a lot of Raptors fans would really love to have on their team. Uh, a guy who averaged 20 points, eight rebounds, four assists, while shooting 50% from the field. Uh, in the NBA Finals, with the second-best defensive rating on the team, that's Pascal Siakam. Mm. And people – that's in front of fans, unlike this fraudulent bubble environment where you get a bubble ring. Yeah, it doesn't count. Like, this guy is – yeah, exactly. It's a bubble ring. Who cares? Uh, but what we're talking about with Pascal <laughs> is – I just can't believe well, – maybe I can't believe it. We saw it with Fred last year. People are fickle. And I just I wanted to call mostly first to say to Raptor, any Raptors fans listening that if you don't like Pascal anymore, I will buy your Pascal Siakam merchandise, his jersey, a bobblehead, anything. I will take it off your hands. Hmm. I, you know, decent price. I won't you know I won't take it from you from free. Like I'm buying all the Pascal Siakam stock. And my question for you both, rather than just ranting and raving about how great Pascal is, is looking ahead to the future, you know, obviously with Giannis coming to free agency, possibly Brad Beal, Victor Oladipo, what kind of team would you see as being a really like elite championship contender where you're building around a Pascal and an OG and maybe even a Fred? Um, well, I think a, you already have a really strong defensive um, core and set up there. All those guys you just mentioned are plus defenders you know, Pascal is a really plus defender. I think what you need is a little more shot creation. And I think that's what we saw in this series, just like the absolute difference in sort of what Boston to do to get a, a shot versus what Toronto could do to get a shot. And I think, yeah, you need more shot creation. Now the shot creation could come in a, a myriad of ways. Like Giannis driving to the rim and, just, you know, sucking in three defenders, that's shot creation because someone's going to be open. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Brad Beal, obviously, he's a guy who can create shots. He's got really good at the pick and roll, something like that. So, but I mean, honestly, I mean, when you're talking about suit, like uh, all-star free agents, all of the people there usually are pretty good um, shot creators. And I think, honestly, the, the core group of this team is pretty flexible to work with a lot of different types of pieces. You know, like if you want to bring in another point guard, you know, let's say after Kyle, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you do with Kyle going forward, but, you know, obviously he, we should respect him, but you know, you could put a you could put a point guard there because we've seen two point guard lineups work. We can put a shooting guard there because you could put Fred at the one. You could, you know, bring in a, a center, which I feel like that could also help. You know, if you bring in Giannis and he plays small ball center, it's a killer lineup. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I think Kyle. Like, I hope he plays forever. I just, you know, inside, I'm not ruling it out. He could be the Tom Brady of the NBA. I don't know. Maybe not the Buccaneers Tom Brady, but you know, playing in his 40s, pretty well, Tom Brady. Um, the, the only other thing, you know, I, I guess, Josh, I didn't give you a chance to talk, so I, I've been ranting. Yeah, I think the what the Raptors I've, – I've said, like, before, what the Raptors' offense needs a big win, big wing who can get his own shot. Uh, it's why Kawhi Leonard works so well. Uh, it's why, like, Stanley Johnson in his, like, in this stints in the bubble looked decent because the Raptors' offense creates a lot of room there in that someone who can drive from the three-point line or the elbow into that sort of um, just outside the painted area and pull up. I kind of think it's like Stanley Johnson might have a crack um, at it next year as being someone who the Raptors mm. rely on a little if they go a bit smaller. Um, but yeah, I think you need like a big wing who can score the ball and has a decent handle because I don't like, unless Pascal Siakam is able to refine the skill portions of his game, you that's, that's still the hole. It's still, you need somebody who can handle the ball in the painted area and get his own shot uh, reliably. Okay, but to be clear, that is, right? to be clear, that is not Stanley, though. Okay, like, come on, man, what are we doing? What are I know, we, I don't, I don't well, really I think it's Stanley. By surprise he's gonna have, there, bro. What is going on? He's gonna have the first shot at. It. I hope like, not. That's what the rap. 
unless I don't, but who's the free agent that they go and get? Bro, like, we can't expect Stanley yeah, Johnson you, to come like, in and improve this team. I mean, like, I think he can be better than he did. Not this improve year, the but. team, but that's a role that this team clearly needs. Yeah. And Stanley Johnson has the, he's going to have to, like, he's going to, he knows that. And he should be, he should circle that skill set to develop in this offseason. So that in training camp, I have no idea who the Raptors are targeting mm-hmm. outside of that. That's going to, those are, that is an opportunity on this team. Go at, look at Norm it. Pascal is, should uh, go at it. OG should go at it. Stanley Johnson should go, should go at it because you need that, I, you need that part of the offense fixed. You don't think Norm, like you're putting Stanley over Norm is, you know, uh, I know he had a, an Osmos, you know, dominated off, you know, bubble or whatever. He's been more focused on Osmos a little bit these days, but I think he looks, gets the main look as that sort of big, not obviously big, but certainly a wing scorer over Stanley, uh, but I don't know, maybe a, a little too high on the, this new generation of Raptors. Um, the, I just, I don't want to take up all your time, but the Toronto Star just put out this article uh, the highlighting this thing called the Pascal Love Project. So if you haven't seen it, basically you just write a little, you know, share a note, you know, appreciating Pascal. Just, you know, obviously there's the critique of his play, which in some cases is warranted, but I'm a Pascal stan. Uh, but then there's the stuff that's just absolutely disgraceful with like the, the racist petitions and all that garbage. So just something I think it's nice that the fan base can rally around. Uh, Toronto Star covered it today. You just write a little letter to, uh, by email and there's a couple of season seat holders organizing it. Uh, yeah, so it's, the Toronto Star has it. It's the Pascal Love Project. Just wanted to shout it out. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the cool. time, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, that is, uh, that is an awesome initiative. Um... You're gonna write a Warren Fuzzy for Pascal? I, I'm yeah. I mean, I probably won't do it anyway. Look, I, I obviously people like you gotta give people room to grow, man. Like, what's wrong with the world? You gotta not be a racist. I, I, like, hey, you gotta just not be like... flagrant racist. Absolutely. That that's <laughs> yeah. just that's just disgusting. Like outright disgusting. It's like, disgusting. But it's just you gotta give people room to grow, man. Like, is people like I don't know, my superstars just aren't born overnight. Like I think Kyle Lowry said it best right after 2015. You know, like everyone was yeah. saying negative things about Kyle. Obviously, you know, he didn't perform. And, you know, you, he sticks with it. He keeps using it to improve. And obviously, there's some things you can use to improve. But I don't think there's anything you can use in terms of racist comments. Like, that. that's just stuff that should be banned, out, outright no, banned. No place but, for it. Um, yeah, man. Give Pascal some time, man. Like, he's already delivered a championship. Like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, of course he didn't perform up to standard, man. He was, he was the first person to tell you that. And he was. He brought that up himself in the press conference. You know, you just yeah, give him some time, man. Give him some time. Like it's 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 really shameful. Like we we give more time to Jose Calderon and a whole bunch of other Raptors who have not done very much for the franchise. Absolutely, not yeah. done half of what Pascal's done for the franchise. But people will really gladly go back and, and, and stand Jose Calderon, right? And and what did he even do? You know what I mean? I'm not even trying to single Jose. I even I enjoyed Jose too. I'm just saying, like. Bro, but a championship, really a number two option on the championship team because should earn you some, some like actual, you know, credit with the franchise, man. Come on. Yeah, is why is Jose Calderon in the bubble? Isn't he like some representative for the players? He is. Now? Yeah. Retired players. I don't know what the deal is. Anywho, we have our next caller. Uh, known to many of you, we have Vitaly from Moscow. Uh, discuss the fraud of the week. Vitaly, welcome back to the show. I'm so worried about Pascal. <laughs> Vitaly, how's it going? What's going on? Could you hear that guy? I think he's por- <laughs> yeah, what's that, Vitaly? Could, 
Could could you hear that? That that was uh, that was Russell Westbrook's legacy. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. Wow. I, I I had you know you know I had to flush it one time, one time. This man's calling us from a bathroom. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean uh, Westbrook. Uh, I, I had to flush. Well, as as you can tell, he's definitely the big father of the week, mm. but. He's, he's probably he's the big fraud of the decade. Oh. The, this one's last oh, one. Mm. No, I mean I agree with you. Listen, yeah, I mean, how many times has this man lost in the first that. round? And and then he finally gets to the second round again after I think the first time since 2016 when the Thunder blew a three-one lead, uh, which he was a big part of that as well. And then he's in the bubble trash talking literal babies. And Rajon Rondo's older brother, who is the head barber for all the uh, NBA players. I didn't even know Rajon Rondo had a brother or that he cut hair or that he was in the bubble cutting hair. But if that's your last moment is trash talking a barber is, come on, man. Big fraud. Oh, man. And the, the, the funniest part, like, uh, you know, they name, they name uh, the younger one Rajon, the other one William, you know, it's like... They didn't, they didn't go too creative. They they mixed up. <laughs> um, man, the, the saddest part to me is um, they're down by 29. He gets doubled. Mm. You know, it's like kind of accidental double team. He's like, you can't guard me. You need to double me. Bro, you're down by 29 points. <laughs> we just, we we just messed up shoot. this rotation. Yo, we're just playing zone, bro. Like, <laughs> that wasn't it. That, we, we weren't trying to guard you. Oh my goodness! It's it it's made up because like I, I'm a self-admitted Westbrook hater because I I think uh, his triple double stat padding it's it's been uh, it's been fraudulent mm. misrepresentation of his ability to play the basketball and now we see this so it's kind of made up for the Raptors loss for me a little bit but uh, how did you guys had a few. Uh, uh, I, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. What is the best uh, Siakam slander nickname that you've heard? Um, I, you know, I, I think actually one that I have, I think should be said, but hasn't already been said, is people should be calling this man Luke Richard and Mute. I feel like that's just like easy money for people, and they're just not going after that. Personally, I'm not on board with any Pascal slander, but I do feel like there's a lot of material right now. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I I heard one which I really liked was uh, they called him uh, Pascal Brini. Oh, calm, no, <laughs> like no, Scalka shoot, like uh, like the white mamba, <laughs> Pascal Brini, Pascal Brini. Oh, it's not bad. Scalka Listen, quick quick Siakam rant. His he's in his fourth season. He started playing basketball when he was seventeen. The man hurt his groin earlier this season. Yeah. You know, I feel like he's an energy player, a guy that feeds off the fans. It's one playoff series. Relax. Apparently, people going way too hard on the internet. So many bandwagon fans show up in the playoffs that they don't even even know what the pick and roll is. Like, relax, guys. Uh, he had a he had a bad series. They're talking about this contract. His contract hasn't even begun yet. First year is next year, and uh, he he will be fine. This I have no doubt about. Mm-hmm. He he will be fine. Those are, those are wise words, man. He will be fine. He was yeah. not good this in this playoffs. Let's be real, but he, he, we know we know he can bad. perform. At worst, he is a very good number two option. 
We just want yeah, to play. And we need to make sure that he has a basket this offseason. Yeah. Because I, as much as, you know, many of us were uh, following the instructions to stay at home, I would, I would hope that, like, it's disappointing that he wasn't able to stay in the kind of game shape he'd uh, like to. It's, well, listen, it, it, Drake it, just built that huge house. Um, the, yeah. I believe the, what is it called? The, the, the embassy? Drake's, the embassy, yeah, the embassy, right? the And there's the like a whole in. court in there. I just saw some videos of Steph Curry shooting threes with Drake, which is hilarious. Um, I don't know why you would – that. I, I don't know. That just seems like a ridiculous thing to be doing with the best shooter of all time. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Pascal, just listen, drive up north to Forest Hill, you know, knock on Drake's store and just ask him if you could use that gym in the wintertime, man. Just, yeah. Yeah. He's, he, it's got to happen. He can't. He. I. I actually really am excited for Pascal next season. I think he will come back motivated. Um, and the path is so clear. Like you just need to work on being truly confident with your handle in every situation. Because the handle improved over the yeah. course of this year. But, but then it also but regressed. Back in the bubble. I, but I think there was that had more to do with his mm. confidence in it than his actual level of skill. Fair enough. I am hoping that next season he feels reliable. He feels that it's reliable, and he'll go to it often because he's he's very talented very like it's talented. not he's not he's not just like a a big athletic wing with no like he's he to me has more ball skills than Giannis Giannis is a much better athlete but already like Jan, uh, Pascal Pascal should be more confident did, yeah. I think that's what I took away he looked he looked down on himself and there's one he, thing about this team you see <clears throat> When Kyle figured out that no matter what, he needed to believe in himself, don't not get too high, not get too low, he's a Hall of Famer. Pascal will have to undergo that same uh, transformation in his confidence. Yeah, something disappointing is, you know, when I compare OG and Pascal, OG, the guy, he's powerful, he's brute strength. But uh, Pascal was a soccer player. He has phenomenal footwork. He's very... uh, the way he's able to move laterally that's one thing that we always wished OG had is uh, uh, Pascal's grace with the Eurostep the way he moves but he looked flat footed so I I don't know if the groin is still bothering him if he just uh, you know if you don't use it you lose it you don't train for months that's what happens so I'm sure he will be dedicated this off season and uh, he'll be back and he'll be better just uh, last thing uh, I want to Give, give a lot of love to Nick Nurse because uh, I think it, the talent disparity was evident and uh, we may have had no business being uh, within two points in game seven because the man tried everything, everything. box and runs, yeah. uh, different zone defenses, different substitutes. And, and, you know, I've even seen tweets and posts about uh, Nick Nurse, uh, why didn't he call a timeout with Van Vliet? Yes, like maybe there are a couple of mistakes he made, but overall, if we had Dwayne Casey, we'd have, we would have been swept in three with uh, that matchup against Boston. Sure, because sure. Uh, Nurse, he tries everything. He's innovated. He works the refs uh, to some, almost to a fault, but he's a world-class coach. We have a world-class front office, a great culture, and I'm confident and I'm certain that we will be back on that mountain sooner rather than later. I love it, man. This is why you're the gold caller, man. I appreciate it, Vitaly. Enjoy (laughs) what's left of summer. And, um, yeah, call us back, man. Call us back when the season's back, all right? Enjoy it. Much love, guys. Bye. Peace. Peace. Yeah. I mean, listen, I will always 
stand for a coach that can get on the floor and guard Jason Tatum. And that's what Nick Nurse is capable of doing. You point to me one coach in the NBA right now that can guard Jason Tatum. You think Greg Popovich I can't at age 71 could force Jason Tatum into a turnover like Nick Nurse can? Please. Nick Nurse is going to fool everybody and take the tip off in game <laughs> one for the Celtics against the Miami Heat. <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, I, I actually do think, like, again, like, if you just look at this, the facts on the paper, if Pascal's going to play the way he did, and I told you that outside of the series, and everybody on the team is going to shoot 40% or lower, <laughs> except for Serge, uh, you yep. know you are losing that series, and you know that it's going to be a short series. And maybe it would have been a short series without, without OG's uh, shot, but, I mean, the Raptors fought like hell in five of those games, and they forced a game seven. They were within one possession. That does not happen without great coaching. And again, if you go through the actual X's and O's of just how the defense was played in the chess match between Stevens and and Nick Nurse, it it was the highest level stuff. Um, and yep. yeah, offensively it was ugly, but that's really a testament to how good both defenses were at sort of snuffing each other out. And honestly, when defenses are that good, you might just need superstars to deliver. And the Raptors realistically got three superstar performances of Kyle Lowry and and nothing else. No one else even came close to having a superstar performance. Oh, James was pretty good in game six. And Norm, not superstar, but superstar off the bench. That's a, that's a six-man performance. That's like a... Like a six-man of the... Like yeah. a, a solid, like a very... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anywho. I agree. It was kind of a sad I mean, series. Just, but... I mean, whatever, man. People are going to point fingers everywhere. I'd rather than point them at Nick Nurse than, uh, I guess, at any of the other guys. So uh, we have another caller on the line. Uh, Sirit Sohi. Yahoo sports writer, extraordinaire, uh, friend of the program, been on the podcast a few times. Um, Sierra, first off, Raptor fans are mad at you. Um, can you exp- can you explain the situation? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Don't they know you're Canadian um, and yeah, you're a huge yeah, Raptor let's fan? Just jump, let's just jump right in. <laughs> yeah, I'm b- the biggest Raptor fan. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I asked Pascal a follow-up question um, that I definitely awkwardly bungled the phrasing of, which didn't didn't uh, didn't help the translation of it. But basically, he had said that he blamed himself, and I wanted to figure out how that felt because it's really the first time he's ever been in a situation like that. Uh, and uh, I think he understood what I said. I think he gave a pretty good answer. But uh, yeah, I think also the TSN broadcast uh, cut it right into that question yeah. oh, no. so i think a lot of people thought that that was the first question that was asked oh, no. which would have been pretty bad <laughs> 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 so i understand why people were upset but then i think once i explained myself most people were like oh okay so you know um yeah yeah that was that was friday it feels like it feels like a lifetime ago though wow. <laughs> yeah your your mentions were like an absolute mess i like when i reached out to you to do the to come on the show, I went and like, let's see what the folk people are saying about Sears. And it was not cute. Sorry that happened. No, it was, um, awesome. it was okay. I think so. That's unfortunate. That's, that's, um, that's unfortunate. I mean, look, first off, that Pascal post-game press interview is so hard to watch. Like, it was, it, he was so open and transparent. And I think that's something that he's always been yeah. as, a, as a person. And I think, hey, I mean, you were around the team a lot, but especially last year, I mean, all throughout that the, the finals run. Um, and, you know, you get to know people and stuff like that. You get to know, like, what kind of people you can ask questions to and sort of who they are and sort of you, you have a rapport, right? And um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think Pascal is just, especially because he had said it, and I think that was such a big focus of just, like, how is he feeling, you know, you know, and what are his thoughts on something that, you know, objectively was a pretty bad playoff series for him. So I, I, I didn't think the, the question was unfair. Right, like that. yeah. I kind of felt – yeah, I kind of felt bad after because, you know, like the way that it came off on social media mm-hmm. was – you know, like I was trying to basically explain him. But I mean, that's the thing. Though, and, but pe- uh, people were just there's mad. so much, there's so much horrible stuff online about him already. Yeah. Like I hated the idea of just kind of piling on to that. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I was kind of trying to humanize the whole situation he was in. But yes, yeah, I, I really feel for him because like, I feel like he's he's like the type to take this stuff on his chest. Um, and you know, I just I kind of just hope he turned everything off. For a while, because like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I, sure you guys have I've seen known... it. Like, there's been some really horrible stuff online. Yeah, and I know that he disables Instagram comments, and it's just like yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. doubt that Pascal's not paying attention <laughs> to any of it. I've like nearly, I yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I but I mean, I, you know, I think I so. earlier, I think before Game Six, I think in the pregame press conference, you asked Nick Nurse a question about Pascal, sort of just like how he's dealing with everything, and I thought Nick offered great perspective you know he talked about how people have doubted pascal over many many different steps and pascal has overcome so many hurdles to even get to this point to raise the bar for himself and i think you know when you just look at the team universally fred has given great quotes about pascal kyle has given phenomenal quotes especially after game seven you know sharing his perspective for after 2015 with pascal like there's just I'm I'm really happy that the Raptors as an organization have a lot of people there to support Pascal. You know, like Surge also gave great quotes. He said he played with a lot of great players. Everyone goes through this. And I think maybe I think fans in the moment are too angry to sort of parse that out and sort of see clearly. But um yeah, I mean Pascal is clearly a very talented player. He's accomplished a lot and he's got a lot of good uh I guess people in the organization in his corner online that that stuff doesn't even matter like mm-hmm. f- like i know it's hard because you're seeing that stuff and some of it is objectively gruesome and just horrendous but you know it, the people the people that really matter are the people that mm-hmm. are around you and the people who pay you and the people that play with you so at least we know that they mm-hmm. have some support there so yeah yeah that's, that's good advice for us all really i worry about it in the bubble with like a lot of these guys mm-hmm. though because i think just being in a situation like that like you're by yourself largely like you're just kind of going to be on social media all the time you know Paul George talked about this and even LeBron has you know he hasn't said anything about how it's impacting him I don't think but he usually turns his social media off and he said that he wasn't going to this time I think like everyone in the bubble is probably kind of online more than they usually are because of the circumstances I just wonder how that's that's impacting a lot of guys even you know like our old friend of the program danny green kind of calling out fans yep uh about a week ago about his performance right like it's it's just i think it's a different mental situation for a lot of these guys right now but you're right you know i think everybody in the organization knows who, who pascal is and i think a lot of really unprecedented things that we probably don't even understand. I think like there's a lot of speculation about, you know, muscle memory and things like that, which kind of just shows you that how inexplicable this all is uh, for him. But yeah, like I think Pascal's obviously great and I think he's going to be fine. Um, he's like kind of similar, I think, what to what happened to Jason Tatum last year. Mm. Um, obviously not with the circumstances in the bubble, but just 
a player that's finding himself and probably as a result of that, like doesn't have like the healthiest shot profile for his skill set, but it's necessary to do this just to figure out like where you should be, um, which isn't the most efficient thing or the most effective thing, especially in a playoff series, but overall for his development, just kind of a necessary hurdle to get through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Point. Tyrion, who of uh, the remaining teams, who do you like? Let's talk a little bit of the uh, league-wide. You think the uh, Denver Nuggets uh, go back-to-back, three-to-one uh, devastations? I think so. I think so. It kind of I, – I love that series because it kind of – like, don't you guys love when you make predictions? And, like, we're wrong all the time. All the time. But um, when it just, like, confirms all your theories about life <laughs> – that's always just wonderful. Uh, I love Denver. I always have. I think they're, like, one of the most fun teams in the league. I, like, I definitely had yeah. doubts about whether they could find a way to build around Jokic defensively, especially in the playoffs, just because, like, I think you could just mine a matchup like him over and over again. You obviously have to have him on the floor. Um, I just thought that was kind of, like, an untenable, like, you know, chess-type situation for, for any other team, just to, like, kind of be able to do that over and over again. Um, but like, I don't know what happened to Clippers. Like, I think like watching that game yesterday, the, Kawhi just like I mean he missed some shots that he usually will make in those situations. Um, but now that it, now that there's just one game left, you know it kind of just makes you wonder where where there be where will be mentally. Um, and I know that's like oftentimes a cliche, but I really just feel like and I was around him a little bit in LA like. Something just feels off about that team, and it always has. Like, they just never really clicked uh, for the entire season. Like, there were moments where they just looked, like, terrorizing, for sure. But it, but it always, like, came in little spurts, and definitely more on, like, the defensive end. And they don't really have an answer for, for Jokic. Uh, Trez is probably the best matchup, even though Jokic has, like, the height advantage over him, and, and Doc kind of came under fire for for not going to that as much. So I'm really curious to see what will happen with that. Um, and if he'll play smaller, which also, like, you know, when I take it back to the Raptors, is definitely, like, I think a fair criticism of, of Nurse as well and how he um, – but I, I think the full played, like, 19 more minutes in, in Game 7 when I think at that point, like, you know, we had enough, we had enough tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we yeah. knew what the deal was. <laughs> yeah, not, nine uh, would have been yeah, enough. I'm, yeah. I'm really curious to see what, what happens. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I, I get that you can't bench the guy, especially, you know, when Pascal is playing the way that he is, like, it just, the big man rotation was yeah. just short. I just, I think I would have loved to see a little bit more of, like, Surge and OG. Yeah. And just generally seeing OG get more featured, um, just because of how well he was playing, it would have, it would have been great to, to kind of see him get the ball a little bit more. But I think also, like, that's probably the next thing on, on OG's development of just probably being a little bit more demanding offensively, mm-hmm. uh, because, like he's he's really developed so much on that end, and right now it's kind of like when when the Raptors get it, it's kind of like a nice gift basket. But like I do wonder if next season that can be something that can, like if he can be like a consistent like fourteen or fifteen points per game, like that you just know you're gonna get. I think that would be wonderful for for his development, and probably I don't know. I think that's realistic. What do you guys think? I know we were talking about completely different teams. But... <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't really see a a path to OG getting the kind of offensive touches he needs to average fourteen or fifteen points unless he's able to handle the ball, um, like to dribble the ball more effectively. It just it takes out so much off the table from in the offense that the Raptors run. Yeah. Um, 
but he's athletic, he's athletic as hell, and I would like to see him get more sort of dribble handoffs at the top of the elbow so he can roll because he's still a pretty solid one of the better. It's him and Norm for the strongest finishers on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like. I just don't know where the offense finds a spot for OG to get the offensive flourish. I think he's capable of, and it's kind of a it's a thing that I think. Nick Nurse, after he signs his new deal, will have to think about because OG has shown too much to not get um, the kind mm-hmm. of opportunities that he needs to. But with the scheme the Raptors currently run, that's a problem for OG to solve is he needs to improve his handle. So it's one or the other. Yeah. Will, do you broadly agree? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I also think part of it is just more confidence in his own offense. And I think that's what we saw here because a lot of the Raptors' offense, is, it's not as set. There's other things. So it's not like necessarily Nick has to call more plays for him. I mean, he can, but it's a kind of a free-flowing offense. And it's his decision-making of saying that, look, I'm confident I can take this shot. I think you saw that, you saw that at times in the Celtics series, right, where he was like, all right, I got, I got the ball. There's like eight seconds left. I don't necessarily need to reset the play here. Um, I can try to take my man on off to dribble, or I can, you know, shoot a pull-up jumper or something like that. It's not going to be the most efficient stuff, but, I mean, the more confidence he has in himself, the more he's going to develop. And I think OG is a pretty confident guy. So I'm looking forward to that too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, last thing before we let Tira go is just listen, if the, if Kawhi, what do you think the reaction will be if Kawhi loses in game seven and the Raptors lose in game seven? Do you think people might point to the fact that Kawhi left a championship contender or like a literal championship team and face criticism over that? Because I feel like yeah. he skated by that the whole year. Yeah, I mean, I think Kawhi's done a lot of things to kind of skirt criticism. He's just, like, not the loudest guy in the world. And also just winning a championship last year, I think, you know, natu- naturally should uh, build you a lot of goodwill. Um, well, but, not for, you know, not for guys, Pascal, apparently. Made, made some decisions. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's so funny to see kind of, like, the way fan, uh, fan expectations can change that quickly. Although, ultimately, like, probably a good thing. I think, you know in the time that I've kind of like been close to the Raptors, you probably know this, like one of the things that's bothered me is how the fan base sees itself. Mm-hmm. And that has changed so much, which is actually really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think, uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of a magnifying glass on Kawhi after this, for sure. If, if they don't, if they don't win this game, uh, just because like, look, this is a matchup they should have won. Oh yeah. Uh, Denver is yeah. just not, not as talented as them and there are clear matchups that they can exploit and like to their credit like have and they have showed that they're the better team really throughout most of this series it's honestly not unlike what happened in the Raptors Celtics series where like I think I don't know I think we can agree that like on paper the Celtics are definitely a better team than the Raptors but the Raptors like just found a way to to come through and win some of these closer games um I think that's kind of like what happened what is happening in the in the Clippers uh Denver series as well and I think that that is something that is just gonna like not go over well with a lot of people just because like they should definitely win this series they should have closed it out in game six like at the latest like they they had no business losing that game really they should close it out in five um they're just a better team uh Denver's doing some things that is helping them but like man like I just yeah it just doesn't really it just doesn't really compute that they're losing this series, and they really shouldn't be. Uh, so I think they'll be like, you know, I think the internet's going to have fun with it. Like, we'll probably see some stuff like, you know, like that old picture of Jokic just like, you know, like just oh, yeah. being like a chubby kid. 
Um, the fact that like he beat Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I think we'll probably go around uh, we'll circulate a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like I, there hasn't really been like a magnifying glass put to his decisions uh, in a lot of ways that you know I think will be, and also puts a lot of pressure on the Clippers. Like that's they gave up a lot. To, yep. to get these two guys, and they gave themselves two shots at this. Like, I don't know if those guys are going to resign uh, next year, especially if they if they lose now and then don't make it the year after. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to be wait. curious. I cannot wait. <laughs> I can't. I cannot wait. Yeah, there would be there would be some like I don't know poetic justice symmetry or whatever you want to call it to to both these teams losing in the exact same way in the same round. Truly. All right, Tira. Thanks for uh, reaching out. Appreciate you. Good luck covering the rest of this uh, NBA season, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thanks for all your great work, guys. Well, thank you. Peace. Will, there's a comment that has lit the the chat on fire. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, Fire nurse? No. What? That's what people are saying. That's what people are saying. All right. Listen, what's wrong with you guys? Uh, what is wrong with you guys? What is uh, yeah, yeah. People want to know what centers the Raptors should go oh, after this, this offseason. This is the fire comment? Okay. Well, apparently people have some opinions. Do you have an opinion? Do you have a big, this is the guy? No. The center, I don't think the center position is that important, generally. I mean, it is important because you need a really solid defensive player at your center spot, for sure. Yes. But I also think that you can sort of – I think you can hide your center a lot in, in the modern NBA. Maybe not in Nick Nurse's defense because he does require a lot. But, I mean, I just wouldn't spend that much. I mean, like, look, what, what did the Raptors have at their center spot this year? You had 26 to Mark and about, like, 22, 23 to Surge. Like, I'd maybe just cut that in half. If I, if I can just get center production yeah. for 23, you know, mil – I'd be pretty happy with that instead of paying 50 mil for it. I think that was one of the inefficiencies in terms of just looking at the, the dollar amounts. I mean, I don't care. I, I, I enjoyed having both of those. Those guys are both champions for the Raptors. Absolutely. I just mean the like team construction moving forward. I don't think you'll be seeing $50 million spent on the center position by any team, you know, unless you have like Embiid or I mean, I guess Rudy Gobert. No, I keep Rudy <laughs> yeah. Gobert away from this team. Um, I was talking to Assad uh, at Swar Lasers, you know, slander mm. god. Um, he thinks Miles Turner is is a guy that the Raptors should think about. I don't, I don't mind like, it. I don't. I don't know. I think he might be like he might be an asset that's a little undervalued this offseason, given whatever's going on uh, in Indiana with you know it, Becky Hammond perhaps being their next one. Maybe Mike D'Antoni. Who the hell knows? Um, I kind of like it. He's He's skilled. He's solid enough on defense. What, you don't think he could give you? You know what? He's absolutely, like, it depends on which way you look at him because you could either see, like, the sort of the Chris Stapps skill set of, like, shot blocking, three-point shooting center. Mm -hmm. But then I also, I see a lot of, like, inflexibility in his game. He does get a little too jumper happy. I get that he was playing a two-center lineup that forced him to play power forward, so you had to shoot for spacing, but... Yeah, I just I don't know. There's something about his game that he's a little awkward with the ball. Like I don't really like, I don't really like him as a player. To be honest, he has some Barnani qualities that I really don't enjoy. Because you could also be like, oh Barnani, a shot blocking three point shooting center. And I'm like, yeah, it's freaking Andrea Barnani. But then you have all the Barnani. I don't know. I think that 
I, I do I do think that the Raptors need a new. Okay, what what, what kind what kind of center do you what do you want? If there is one type of player that you would like to have with this group, um, the like sad answer is JV. Really, but the yeah, I think that having someone who like I think the Raptors need more offense in the paint, like in the painted area, it was just something that made this team looked unbalanced. Um, someone who's a bit more defensively engaged than JV typically, but. Yeah, I kind of want like an old school. Mm-hmm. I like I like giving Nick Nurse players that are like, you know, you sort of very clear what they're good at, what they're bad at, and he's allowed to work it out. I don't think you need to overpay to have some sort of basketball savant center because you saw Marcus Hall's role in the offense become more and more limited over time went, and I think one part of that was for sure Marcus Hall being you know, Marcus all, but another part was Nick nurse flattening out what he wanted from him. So I don't know who like, hmm. yeah, somebody like that. So, okay. I, like Steven, like Steven Adams would be like way too expensive. Yeah, would, not, would not at all likely, Steven. but I mean, but like, yeah, good. I think the only thing there is just, I think Nick has said that he wants shooters at every single position. He really values the, the, yeah. shooters in the three and you know, I, I hear you about I hear that's I, why he got JV shooting those. Two. Yeah, right. I, I forgot JV also. <laughs> JV is a three I mean, yo, JV's probably shooting the three better yeah. than Mark nowadays, man. It's it's unfortunate, but probably um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if if I just had to pick a mold of center, I'd probably pick like Draymond. You know that kind of like oh yeah. Obviously, I mean that's, that's um, Draymond's like an all time player too, like defensively. So obviously, that's that's like if I was like oh I'd like an Embiid center, please, but. Um, yeah, someone who's like really smart defensively, adaptable, quick, because you're going to need to play many schemes. You're going to have to have really high basketball IQ. And then who can also shoot a three, kind of. I think all centers outside of like maybe four or five are guys that shoot the three, kind of. Like Brooke Lopez is a guy who shoots the three, kind of, man. I've seen him, this guy warm up and stuff. It, it's like, it's 30% whether it's in the game or out or, or during practice. Like, uh, I think most centers are like that. And yeah, if you can get someone who can defend like, you know, some someone like Draymond, I'm asking for a lot. What's um, what's Willie Collie Stein saying? Bro, what? I just as a prospect, I'm not like I. We are saying that we can't go and pick these uh, like ready-made players. I know that he's not really mm-hmm. a prospect anymore, but what? It's been four years in the league. Like somebody like that, I'd be interested to see the Raptors bring in and see what they can get. I know that's kind of like what happened with like Greg Monroe and Jared Sullivan yeah. before him, but. Like some, I, I just need, I need there to be, I need training camp to have like a few centers to look at because I do not believe in this rotation next year. Um, if you're going to take a flyer on somebody, I don't think that both, I don't think that, and Harry Giles. I like Harry Giles' skill set. That's, that's a good, good answer. Um, we have, we'll take one last call. Somebody who's supported the show from very early on, um, Kate from Toronto. Uh, welcome back to the show. Hey guys. Hi, Kate. How are you? Uh, well, I finally crashed down to reality. Um, it's been, it was, I was sad. I won't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I certainly was. But then, you know, I just, if you had to trade places with any other fan base for the last 24 months, 
there is no better fan base to have been a part of than to be a Toronto Raptor fan for the last 24 months. So we've had it really good, and I think uh, we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to, too. So that's sort of what I wanted to focus on. Okay. I agree. Um. My main, my main, my main sort of thought in coming into this is, you know, looking at uh, Jamal Murray just sort of balling out and and how great that is. Team Canada is going to be a lot of fun next year. So even if the Raptors are sort of in a transitional year, I think we've got a lot to look forward to with Team Canada. Although, do you guys have a sense for if if the if the Olympics are actually going to be happening? That was, that was my. That's why I made the face. I think that oh, did, the I era. Oh yeah, I think the era of like NBA superstars doing the like playing in the Olympics, especially with the potential move of the NBA schedule, yeah. especially next season. Like I, I, I don't, I do think Probably it's doomed. To an end. It really, it, it, like I've been thinking about it. Like bums me out. <laughs> me too, but I, 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 I can't really see a reason why they would be there um, if the well, season I mean, runs into. That... Yeah, I think if the NBA season runs into July, there's just no way the NBA guys are going to be available for the Olympics, which sucks because after what will you, you disagree? I, I just think it's. I mean, yes, obviously if there's the the schedules overlap. Some people are not going to be able to go, but I mean, let's be real: not all the best Canadian players are going to be making it to the finals. And um, the, the Nuggets the, are right oh, there. They're very close. <laughs> the uh, the Olympics the Olympics are a huge advertising spot, so I think they'll still be like a, a drive, a push to push some of the top athletes there. I mean, who knows? Maybe it goes the way of soccer where you only have like, I don't know, the best like under 23 players going. Like you don't see Lionel Messi at the, at the uh, Olympics, but I still think you see some players. I think. It's, yeah. I hope so. I just, I mean, I, I feel a little pessimistic. At its best, how many win team is team Canada in the East? I mean, if we got, I think that's like a, if we have like, if it was, if it was, okay, so if you're talking like the full team Canada, like you've got a Linux, uh-huh. you've got Murray, Shea, um, Lou Dort, has the guns Dort, Dort. Yeah. Chris Boucher, third string yeah. center. You're gonna have Dort, Boucher and Dort. Uh, just that's like the movie twins right there, folks. Like just <laughs> opposite the track. Love that. Yep. Love that for them. Um, and Birch. Yeah, and, and yeah. Ken Birch. We're missing another big one. Oh, Wiggins. Yeah. Um, Paul Scrub. Paul Scrub's on Team Canada next time. Oh, yeah, RJ. You know? Tristan. Corey Joseph. Oh, yeah, RJ. That's the big one I was missing. CJ. Yeah. Like, I just thought that's a pretty – I mean, like, God, that's – you got to think that that's – Yeah, they're, like the, they're like the six seed. They're like the Pacers. Pacers plus. Do you disagree? You, right. Do you think higher will? Uh, no, I don't think higher, but I think that's around I think there. Yeah. Four. yeah. Well, maybe, but then you add Nick Nurse. Maybe they're like four, around that four to six range. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's a solid. I, team. I mean, it's not like you could put together Team pretty France awesome, and they, they they'd be like, whatever. Like they had Rudy <laughs> Gobert and Evan Fournier again. Like, you know. Although well, we have to say France did beat USA well, last year, it. so and the USA team had four Celtics on it, which. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe Evan Fournier did more to Marcus Smart than Kyle Lowry did sometimes, but we're being reminded that Tristan Thompson has to play on Team. Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tristan Thompson is not showing up for Team Canada anymore, but for all time's sake, agreed. Yes, yeah, for all time's sake. Even, is he even Canadian anymore? 
It's, uh, it's Canadian with a K now for Kristen Thompson. Mary, wow. yeah, yeah. If you date and marry a Kardashian, do you even be Canadian anymore? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Canada with a K for Tristan Thompson. Shout that's out Brandon. Correct. That's correct. I, I think you guys are right, though. I, I don't know. Like, so I got really excited about Team Canada, and then I started to sort of think that, you know, depending on how the schedule works out. And, I mean, I don't know. Looking at the, the way that the world might be anyway, um, the Olympics could be maybe something that's a little bit more difficult. But, I mean, the other thing that we have to look forward to, guys, is the honest watch. It, it, the propaganda never ends. The propaganda just begins in earnest now. Um, lots of good stuff coming out from Woj today. It seems pretty likely from, you know, what you hear. I mean, if you, if, if what you, if you believe what you see, that he probably will not sign this extension. So, clock's ticking. We can set up a nice little, uh, big huge big stopwatch outside of box headquarters and and just wait and see what happens which should be great it's gonna be great guys yeah will will and alex are already putting in the reservations george street diner filmed something socially distanced you know discuss what what's it 99.90 yeah uh, no i can't wait 99.8 can't wait to lie about this again but uh <laughs> no, it'll be great. It'll be great. It's he's he's the next savior. Honestly, the Raptors need like clearly they need like a superstar level talent, and uh, Giannis like, is literally yeah. a two time MVP. And the Bucks are giving him. I still can't believe that after the Bucks lost four straight games to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bucks are like, all right, we're very close to the finals. We're, we're a very good team. You know what we need to do to get over the top <laughs> is to get Robin Lopez, Wes Matthews, Kyle Korver, and Marvin Williams. The oldest players in the NBA, let's get them all together. I think Jamal Crawford must have been unavailable. Um, <laughs> you know, and Tyson. They had Powell the year Tyson before. Tyson Chandler too. probably it's wasn't picking up the phone. Like, you know, they just brought in the oldest guys possible. And they said, Giannis, we're going to win the championship. And they lost in five games. I heard months. they tried to get Vince Carter. And uh, <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't able to be traded. <laughs> yeah, Vince, Vince, yeah, have, Vince would rather have, play with the Hawks and do a podcast. They have the oldest squad in the NBA it's 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 really upsetting I, I sent a tweet to this nature um last week but someone really needs to sit Giannis down and show him what's happening right now in Houston and how like seized they are and unable to do anything whatsoever because they're so bound by cap restrictions and age of player and just sit him down and say look this is this is your future mm. yeah that's my advice for you yeah there you go <laughs> with the bucks because it's just it's not it's not looking good they don't have much they don't have much many ways out anyway guys um it was a fun season so many fun things happened never forget coming back from 30 points never forget the og shot never forget the winning streak it was awesome it's a great time yeah it's it's sad it's over but you know there's more basketball to be played again I, I do wonder which comes back to Toronto first, um, the Toronto Raptors organization or me to we, oh, wow. but we'll see. Right. There's only, only time will tell. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for being a, appreciate it. Um, a regular caller. We appreciate yeah. you so much. And uh, I won't, you know, you'll hear again from us soon. We'll see, we'll see you on Twitter. Hey, emergency, emergency call-in show when Giannis rejects his extension. Oh, listen, I can't, I can't Pro- wait. Probably. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be all my podcast content for the next okay. f- five months is what Giannis is doing. So, <laughs> Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Kate.
Peace. All right. Well, do you want to wrap up the show? The final Stanley suggestions of the entire season. Um, it's gonna. It's. I've had so much fun making the show with yeah. you, Will. It was, you know, exciting when I uh, asked Dan Toman to make the show with you in a literal elevator. Yep. I pitched him, and he mm-hmm. said yes. Um, it would be impossible without Ashley on the phone. Definitely. Uh, I think Ashley's. Ashley, thanks so much for all of your help making the show. It's been would have been completely impossible Mm. without you. I remember like last summer, me and Will were in an office in Yahoo trying to sketch out taking calls. Oh, I thought thought we were talking about getting free lunches. (laughs) No, no, no. no. Let's be real. Like way back when we were trying to figure out how to do this show ourselves and it was not going to work out. Mm -hmm. Um, Louisa Steph, Dan Toman, thanks for the opportunity. Ben, Um, Amit. Ben. Big big Ben. Ben. Big Ben's. I'm not talking Benzema. Uh Amit I, as well. Holding the down. Yeah, Amit. You know. Shannon. Yeah, it's Shannon? been it's Shannon, been fun. Shannon, wow. We'll be back again sometime. Yeah, right. it's it's T B D, but you know what? You know what? Uh, a lot of the world is T B D right now. We're gonna we we put in a lot of work in the last couple of months. We're gonna take a a break. Yeah. And yeah, when when we will be back, we will announce it. Um the podcast will continue to go uh, as it always does. But yeah, the live call-in show is, is TBD. But no, it's been phenomenal. Thank you, Josh, for proposing this idea and, and you know pushing it to fruition to what it is now. And obviously, thank you to everyone for calling in. You know, uh, I'm really happy we got Vitaly and Kate um, on our last episode here to uh, to sort of send off the season. And and yeah, so uh, Stanley suggestions. Um, first off, the, the real Stanley suggestion is to go back and rewatch the season because there are so many classic games from the season, but uh, that would be kind of cheap. So, you know, Josh, Stanley suggestions, our last ones. Uh, where are you going for this one? This week, I am going to suggest, you know, Getting out of the city to Stanley Johnson, I'm not sure if he is coming back to Toronto to pack up his life or where he's mm. headed, but take some time for yourself. I have planned a weekend to go away uh, out to North Kawartha in a few weeks. So my suggestion for Stanley Johnson is to get the cherry tarts this time of season from the Swiss Bear uh, in Apsley, Ontario. That's where oh, I met him in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it very greatly. Um, and if Stanley Johnson and any of you have the opportunity to get out of the city this fall before, you know, the, uh, the lockdown <laughs> restarts and we have to stay inside, I recommend it. That's what I'm looking forward to uh, during our, our break now. Um, and if you're able to get out of the city and enjoy whatever part of Ontario or Canada or wherever you're listening to this from, do it. Because I'm pretty sure that we're going to have to be inside for another mm-hmm. big stretch as it gets colder. Uh, that's it for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I had a similar idea of going out and visiting a lot of Canada because that's what I plan to do with some of this time off is to uh, see other parts of this, you know, great, vast, expansive nation that we have. And um, yeah, Stanley, man, listen, there is a via rail train that goes from Toronto to, uh, believe, Vancouver that takes five days. And it's like a luxury car. There's, it's like Snowpiercer, except you're living in like the premium section and not the, the section that eats bugs. Um, great movie if you haven't seen that by the uh, director of uh, Parasite, Bong Joon Ho. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a five day train and you can, you know, sit on this train, you can visit, you know, you can see the prairies, you can see the mountains, you can see how large uh, Ontario is, all the lakes, all the marshes. And um, yeah, I mean, have I taken this thing? No, apparently it's very expensive, but he's an NBA player, so he should be able to afford it. And I watched a YouTube video of it and uh, it looked pretty great. So there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I suggest you take the Via Rail, the, uh, the proud achievement of the first uh, Chinese Canadians in this uh, country uh, hundreds of years ago before they were uh, specifically discriminated against. And just, you know, sit on the Via Rail and just go across the country. It's a very beautiful country. I plan to go to BC later this year um maybe i'll catch you out at uh, jasper lake you know but seriously stanley this this country is beautiful man so go out there and, and go see it so that does it for the final episode of the raptors everything live call-in show of the 2019-2020 season josh has been an absolute pleasure taking calls with you um and Chris. thank you to kfc for sponsoring the show for seeing the vision and uh we'll be back when we're back peace peace It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.